Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into a Friday night edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast. My name is Jesse Friedman. I am the vice mayor of PHNX, which I think is a title that I apparently still hold. Yeah. Uh, and I'm joined today by Sean DePaz, uh, Mr. Electric. Yeah, Mr. Electric. We're embracing Mr. Electric. Uh, yeah, I think Mr. Electric is what Derek's been going with, so I'll take that one. Got the uh, D-Backs sombrero yeah, going over our here. friends over at FOCO. Hooking us up with the the, the best in Diamondbacks merch. There you go. Uh, The Arizona Diamondbacks played a very good game uh, here today against the Cleveland Guardians, winning this game by a final score of 5-1. to Uh, Sean, the biggest news of the day for the D-backs, of course, was that Zach Gallen appeared to be very much back. Oh, yeah. Uh, He is now, after today, 7-0 with an ERA of 1.00 at Chase Field, which is absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) And maybe the most significant thing, Sean, is that his fastball velo bounced back, which was a big concern for some people after his last start against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, His his fastball velo today was at 93.6 on average, which was actually a tick above uh, his season average of 93.5. So uh, incredible, incredible stuff today from Zach yeah. Gallen. I'm going to take this off because it's, I got a big-ass head and is cutting off circulation of my head. It's fair. Um, but, yeah, no, he was he was back. Um, and I think, yeah, you heard a lot about how it was, you know, the it was an early start in Detroit and all that stuff. And um, obviously that was, like, a, a good theory, but you didn't really know until you saw him pitch again. And, and he – yeah he looks like his old self um which i think was kind of what we expected like i think in talking about zach gallon and his struggles no none of us really felt like it was a a permanent thing like this was the new zach yeah he was just bad all of a sudden um i think we all expected him to get get, to come back um to being zach gallon again he did that tonight um with seven strikeouts um it was it was a hell of an outing yeah, and and I mean it continues to be it continues this narrative of Zach Allen being absolutely unbelievable at yeah. home, and uh, his numbers on the road, Sean, are still not good. Uh, of course, that wasn't going to change today. Uh, but one in, one and two with a five point seven nine ERA on the road versus seven and zero with a one point zero zero ERA at home. Not sure exactly what's going on there. Uh, but Brent Strom, when he spoke to the media a couple of days ago, talked about Zach Allen's fastball. Uh, and just how good of a pitch that can be and how good it can be when he when he 
really works primarily with that pitch and kind of builds everything else around that. Uh, Gallon threw 55% four seamers in this game, which is yeah. a pretty high number. 29% curveballs, uh, 13% changeups, and then he threw just three cutters in this game. Uh, but he really did what it sounded like Brent Strom yeah. wanted him to do the other day, pitching with that fastball. Uh, he got six whiffs on the pitch, a uh, pretty good amount of, of soft contact in this game as well. Uh, you know, it's 93 miles per hour, but Zach Gallon's 93 miles per hour is not the same as some yeah. other people's 93 miles per hour. And we saw that in this game. Yeah, yeah. Shrami was talking about how he was relying too much on the curveball, I believe. And it was nice to see him. Hey, that's why you go and get a guy like Shrami, right? Like, that's why he's such a great pitching coach is, is yeah. he's able to, to spot these things in his pitchers and go to them to make these adjustments. And, and Gallon clearly did like you like. You just pointed out, and he was he was making his pitches. Uh, David and I were joking at one point about how he wasn't getting some of his calls, but he was he was certainly making his pitches. Um, and that's all you can really ask for him is that this is like I said, the exact Zach Gallon that we came to expect, the Zach Gallon that we've come to know and love. Um, and he looked like him his own self again. Yeah, the only real mistake that Zach Gallon made in this game was a very obvious one to Jose Ramirez. <laughs> that's uh, a mistake a lot of good pitchers make to Jose Ramirez, yeah, though, to be fair. That's that's fair. Uh, but yeah, it was sort of like a center cut cutter yeah. that didn't really seem to cut a whole lot. And Jose Ramirez did what Jose Ramirez tends to do with those kinds of pitches. He's been on a tear lately for them. Um, but yeah, beyond Gallon, just a well-played game all the way around for the D-backs. It felt like they might have been able to put this game away a little bit earlier than they did yeah. uh, when all was said and done. The Diamondbacks left 13 runners on base and were three for 12 with runners in scoring position. Uh, so maybe this really should have been kind of a blowout win uh, yeah. for the D-backs when it was all said and done. But this was a game that, that they had to win in some ways, a game that they should win, right? You've got Tuki Toussaint stepping in uh, last minute to start mm -hmm. this game for the Guardians. Tristan McKenzie, unfortunately for Cleveland, uh, went down with elbow discomfort. I believe he had uh, he had a shoulder injury earlier in the season. So yeah. it's nothing like having one of your key starting pitchers have both shoulder and elbow problems mm -hmm. in the same season. Uh, rough news for them. Uh, but Tuki came in, uh, pitched against his, his former team. Uh, wasn't wasn't bad. I thought yeah. he sort of held his own. He you know he walked several batters on his on his way out of the game, but he did sort of hold the Diamondbacks in check in this game. Uh, but I feel like the moment that it was announced that Tristan McKenzie was not starting this game for the Guardians, the Diamondbacks should win this game. Yeah, right? it's yeah. it's Tuki Tucson, a guy just coming up from AAA, has not really had any kind of consistent success in the majors against the Diamondbacks ace. Uh, you know, it's a golden opportunity to snap a three-game losing streak, and the Diamondbacks were, were able to do just that. Yeah, uh, Toussaint, a, a Diamondbacks draftee, as they were sure to point out at the start of every bottom half inning on the broadcast. Did they? Uh, yeah, yeah was, every, every single time he came up, he was like, uh, Paven Smith, in, ready to start off the inning against Diamondbacks draftee Tuki Toussaint drafted 16th <laughs> overall by the Arizona Diamondbacks. And blah, blah, blah. Um, I think most Diamondbacks fans would like to not remember <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Tuki has not turned into you know the frontline starter that a lot of people. Overall pick, yeah. yeah, a lot of people thought that he might be given how high he was drafted. But the Diamondbacks did trade Tuki Toussaint uh, to the Atlanta Braves in order to like get off of Bronson Arroyo's contract, which yeah. is not not the best practice. Uh, of course, that was that was the previous regime, not this. One. as a part of a series of trades to the Braves where we were getting absolutely where, fleeced. Yeah, yeah, where the D-backs didn't. I mean, they did get Phil Goslin out of that trade. And, you know, Phil Goslin 
uh, you know, illustrious Diamondbacks career. He did he did have some good moments while he was here. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, one of the worst trades in Diamondbacks yeah. <laughs> history, at least on paper. Uh, even if Tukey hasn't hasn't turned into what a lot of people thought he would be. Uh, elsewhere in this game, a uh, pretty good night for the offense as a whole. Um, several guys with two hits in this game: Cattel Marte, Corbin Carroll, Christian Walker, Jake McCarthy. All had two hits in this one. Uh, Josh Rojas had a hit and a walk in this game. Reached base a few yeah. times. Good to see him uh, bounce back a little bit. And Geraldo Perdomo, Sean, somehow, uh, you know, everyone's expecting regression. Honestly, yeah. I'm expecting regression. I don't and know. It, yeah. just, it, it does, doesn't it happen. He's hitting, <laughs> he's hitting 302 with an 888 OPS on the season. And it just seems like her. Is this who Geraldo Perdomo uh, is? I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's just kind of uh, a little bit of a microcosm of this entire season. It's just the unexpected production from certain guys, right? You didn't yeah, expect. Yeah, so true. You didn't expect Geraldo Perdomo to be a legitimate shortstop making a case to be playing every single day. You didn't expect necessarily Gabby to be one of the best defensive center catchers in the league or Cattell necessarily to be as back as he's been. Or yeah. obviously you didn't expect even Corbin to have an MVP caliber season. Like, and so, yeah, it is, it was, it's good to see that as much as it, it doesn't feel it's, it's uncomfortable to get comfortable with Geraldo Perdomo. Like it, like you said, it kind of feels like you should be expecting a regression, Sure, but it's, it's hard to like, he keeps on doing it at right. a certain point. A regression is going to become impossible. Um, so yeah, it is to see him just keep producing in big moments is it's, it's so weird. <laughs> like to, to be, to just like as much as you expect regression, you also expect him to be producing in big moments at this point. And it's, uh, it's a pleasant surprise for sure. Corbin Carroll in this game, as I mentioned, two hits, a uh, big double that drove in a run, 308 with a 977 MVP. OPS on the season. MVP. And yes, he got some pretty, that was right after I left the ballpark in order to come here. But from what we saw on the broadcast yeah. and what some people said on Twitter, sounds like they were some pretty loud MVP chants going on at so. Chase Field in front of a pretty decent crowd, almost 28,000 at the ballpark tonight so pretty good pretty good turnout for a friday night uh but yeah sean i mean this this man just continues to cement himself uh in the mvp conversation yeah and and as of right now you can make a case that he's right at the top of that list with the season that he's had i tweeted this out this was corbin carroll's 99th career major league baseball game and we are literally talking about a man who is arguably the MVP frontrunner yeah. uh, in his first full season. Just unbelievable stuff uh, yeah. from that kid. And that 99 is is impressive because, like, you expect at some point, speaking of, like, re the re regression things, you expect at some point for him to look like a rookie. And I know he, he may have a little bit when he was he dealing kinda, with his injury. But he kind of looked like a rookie the other night when yeah, he was uh, ch chasing that, his hat on the, on the is, sack fly. That's right? fair. <laughs> More at the plate, you expect him to look like a sure. rookie where he, and he just really hasn't at any point. And I... I at yeah. this point, I don't expect him to look like a rookie at any point. Like, he just looks like he was made for this. He looks so comfortable as a big leaguer. Um, and that is obviously really a, a very good sign, right? Like, I, I don't think anyone would necessarily jump down his throat if he was, if he had some struggles every now and again. And he just, but he just hasn't really. Um, and again, it's, it's part of that unexpected production that you're getting from guys where they're just kind of, not, everyone seems to be not hitting it up a level more than you expected um with the exception of obviously a handful of guys um and that is uh, it is it is uncomfortable because it's hard to expect that for an entire season but yeah they've done it up until this point so i'm not going to complain about it 
Uh, speaking of unexpected production, um, <laughs> uh, Paven Smith had a had a good had a good day uh, for the Diamondbacks at the top of the lineup. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be saying those things about Paven Smith. Yeah, that's fair um, though. At this point, I, I think uh, I think that's what the the cry of Diamondbacks fans is right now. <laughs> yeah, but. somebody tweeting out, "We love Paven Smith," and everyone else being like, "Do we now?" <laughs> uh, yeah, Diamond. We never doubted. No, nobody never, ever no doubted, doubted Paven Smith. Uh, My leadoff hitter, Paven Smith. He was one for three in this game uh with two walks he was on base three times a run scored an rbi uh came through in a, in a key spot early in this game with an rbi knock um we're gonna talk a little bit more about paven smith later uh in the comments that tori lavello made uh earlier earlier today uh but we should get to our king snake we already talked about him uh but zach gallon just an unbelievable bounce back yeah. outing obviously the diamondbacks need zach gallon to be the kind of pitcher we've seen over the last few months uh, in order for for them to be able to get where they want to go in seven innings, six hits, one run, uh, seven strikeouts, no walks in this game. On the season, he now has 19 walks compared to 100 strikeouts, which mm. is which is unbelievable. <laughs> just incredibly impressive stuff. Uh, just before we we hopped on the show, uh, Damon informs me that apparently Zach Gallen is the odds-on favorite right now uh to win the cy young award uh which it's still obviously early in those conversations but the national league cy young conversation is sort of wide open right now mm-hmm. you can understand why zach gallon would would be at the top of that i actually have it right here he gallon is plus 200 kershaw is plus 550 and spencer strider is plus 700 Zach Wheeler is plus eight hundred as the fourth option. Yeah, it's amazing. Bryce Elder isn't even isn't even uh, on yeah, that I list. Know, right? and he has like a low low two ZRA at this point. But what do you think, Sean? Is this is this uh, is this going to happen? I mean, <laughs> it might because the reality is is that the other pitchers in the NL are not really like the guys that you would expect to be in this conversation are not really making a case to be Cy Young winners. Spencer Strider got absolutely rocked. He has an ERA over four. Yeah, he got rocked by the Tigers the last time they played. Obviously, Sandy, I think, is completely out of the picture at this point. Um, Like, and obviously, all the Dodgers pitchers have just been dealing with injuries with the exception of Clayton Kershaw. Um, Like, it, 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 it almost seems like at a certain point, it, by default, he might end up winning it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, like he might not even have to have some crazy season. Yeah, because like, he's the favorite just, and he hasn't been good recently. Um, yeah. So and but like I said, no one else has been good. And yeah, we're in a position now where, like we were saying, there's a the Diamondbacks might they might sweep the awards. They have a chance to sweep. They have a that legitimate chance to sweep the awards. So by that you mean Corbin Carroll for Rookie of the Year, which seems. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion, but we're pretty but much to minus that point. 350 at this point. Yeah, I mean, it pretty would be kind of weird at this point if, if that didn't happen, I think. Um, Corbin Carroll for MVP, because yeah. somehow that's a thing now. Uh, Zach Gallon for Cy Young, as you just said. And then I think if the season ended today, you know, it's pretty early to be talking about manager of the year, but generally it goes to managers of teams that have big bounce back seasons. Yeah. And if the Diamondbacks continue at this current pace, or even if they don't continue at this current pace, even if they win, you know, 85, 90 games, that's a pretty big turnaround yeah. from where they were last year. And an even bigger turnaround from two years ago when the Diamondbacks won 52 games <laughs> and somehow, you know, at this point they're they're in the playoff picture. Uh, Tori has a, has a pretty good case at this point. Uh, yeah, no, 100%. And it's, and it's not like this is just a team that was bad last year. Now they have they brought in all these new pieces. Like, it's a really young team, too, which I think lends to Tory's argument for manager of the year. Like, he's yeah. doing this with a lot of guys who do not have a lot of major league experience. Right. Um, 
Hey, well, yeah. Why doesn't Scott McGuff get reliever of the year conversation? Reliever too? of the yeah. year, yeah. Scott let's, McGuff. Let's there get. You go. Let's just sweep it all. Up. Let's get, <laughs> bring me all the awards. Um, he has been incredible. I mean, I mean Scott I mean, McGuff yeah. just continues continues on this tear. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I. Again, Scott McGuff is. You know, if you see him on the street, you would probably have no idea that this man <laughs> yeah. is a professional athlete. Uh, but it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible what he's able to do with a baseball. He clearly has found the grip on a splitter, uh, which was his, really his most important out pitch. He was relying a little bit more on the slider earlier in the season, even though I don't really think that's his best out pitch. Uh, but he's gotten to the splitter more lately. And for some reason, Sean, nobody nobody can hit the thing. So, yeah, uh, there you go. It's um, He needs a bobblehead. I'm going to say that. He needs a <laughs> giveaway. We need a Scott McGuff giveaway. In silk pajamas. In silk pajamas. Oh, my god. With gosh. something like candles and Lothar Vandross <laughs> playing, play. playing the saxophone. Yeah, baby. Well, speaking of giveaways, uh, do we have that picture of Zach Gallen and what he was sporting out, out there on the mound? Look I don't think I don't think this is a giveaway item, it but it be. should be. We're not talking about the jersey, although that maybe should also, also fire, be a giveaway yeah. item. Um, the the snakeskin belt, Sean. Dude, how do we how do we feel about oh, this? I love it. And he's not he wasn't alone in the snakeskin. Uh, Rojas was rocking some cleats with some snakeskin on him too. It's such a good touch. It fits the jersey like just the color scheme so well. And then we're the fucking snakes. Like, of course, we should. We honestly, this team in general should utilize snakeskin pattern more. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a fire pattern that they have. I would. I would argue like a monopoly over because who else is using snakeskin patterns in and in, in Major League Baseball? Like, I would like to see more of it. Uh, this is a great look from the hottest man uh, to grace a pitching mound, maybe ever. Yeah, I. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I re- I remember the first day that. So Zach, this is not the first time I don't believe that Zach Gallon has worn the snakeskin belt. Yeah. Uh, it was maybe a month ago. It was a few weeks ago. Uh, I was there in the clubhouse talking to him after the game, and and he showed it to us in his post game interview. Uh, you know that he was that he was, and I think it was on his bobblehead night actually. Mm. Um, when he I asked him, you know, does it does it mean a lot to you to have the kind of success that you had on your bobblehead night? And he was like, yeah, like you don't you don't want to get shelled on your bobblehead yeah. night. And then he pulled out this belt and he was like, this is also my first day wearing this thing. And you don't want to get shelled when you're wearing like, a trying belt. trying a, <laughs> you know trying a new look out there on the mound. Uh, but yeah, uh, Zach Allen looked great tonight, uh, both from a drip standpoint and also from a pitching standpoint <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty pretty impressive stuff all the way around uh speaking of impressive stuff uh you all should get your hands on a phnx diehards membership as soon as possible uh the deal sean is is truly incredible it is. Uh, the amount of stuff that you get uh with this is is pretty amazing first of all you get all of the writing on our on our website so my full count newsletter uh you get all the stuff from craig from gerald uh, covering the Coyotes and the Suns. You also get all the stuff from Howard covering the Cardinals, uh, all of the written content on our website. Uh, some of it's free, but the, the best stuff mm-hmm. is behind the paywall. Uh, so you absolutely want it for that. And then there's just a bunch of free perks in there as mm-hmm. well. Uh, you get a free merchandise item from the PHNX Locker every year. Uh, you also get 20% off of all of your uh, events purchases, mm-hmm. all of the uh, things that we got going on around here. We would always love to see you out for any of those things. We have uh, one of those of our own coming up in July yep. uh, with our uh, takeover on July 25th, I believe it is. We yes. hope to see you out at, at Chase Field. You get 20% off that as well. Uh, you also get a $50 gift card for uh, Mountain Mike's. Yes. Um, He's so, for himself. 
It, it truly does. I mean, yeah, basically the Mountain Mike's alone, if you like pizza, then you should just <laughs> you should just get a Die Hard's membership and use it as an excuse to go eat pizza. Exactly. Uh, we have a super sticker from Shane Diefenbach. Uh-oh. Uh, Shane Diefenbach says, baby lemon looking up to our lemon character standing <laughs> in a superhero position. Oh, I'm going to have to find what the sticker actually looks like so I can show you. Yeah, this is so. This is so. He's not actually saying this. This is a. This is a a description of an. This is what Shane does. He tries to. He tries to pick. Nice. He thinks would be the weirdest thing to say out loud as a description. (laughs) It says that. (laughs) It's a pretty good one. Baby lemon looking up to our lemon character. It is. uh, I like how it refers to it as our lemon character. Uh, Mm. Thanks for the super sticker, though, Shane. Yeah, we appreciate that, Shane. Uh, Also, while you're here, be sure to uh, drop a like here on this video if you're watching us right now. Um, It really helps my self-esteem personally. (laughs) Um, And it uh, helps the YouTube algorithm, which we're all about helping the YouTube algorithm around here. So if you're Derek, because I've locked him in my basement until you get a certain number of likes. Right, right. That's why he's not here. Yeah, that's why Derek isn't here. He's not out of town. He is is currently stuck in Sean's basement. pictures, texts that he says to suggest otherwise are simply a cover. He is in my basement. So throw Derek a bone. Makes sense. Throw Derek a bone and like this video. There you go. Uh, Yeah, and also, uh, if you're one of those audio people, uh, we love our audio-only friends as well. Uh, So if you uh, enjoy listening to the show on an audio app, uh, we always appreciate you uh, leaving us a review there as well, preferably a five-star review if you feel like we're deserving of such things. Sean, we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, some some roster conversations yeah. here, some more big picture stuff with the Diamondbacks. We mentioned Paven Smith and the impressive day that he had at the plate. Um, and this one, which, you know, there's been this narrative for a while that every time people are ready to pull <laughs> the plug on Paven Smith, he goes out and, yeah. and, you know, is a key contributor. And he was that today. Obviously, this was a, a bigger win for the D-backs. It's not like Paven Smith hit you know, the game-winning go-ahead home run, yeah. uh, which he has done a couple of times this season. Uh, but Tori Lavella was asked before the game today about uh, why Paven Smith continues to occupy the leadoff spot for the Diamondbacks. And I guess you can somewhat see uh, where Tori's coming from with the kind of night that, that yeah. Paven had in this game. Uh, but here's what Tori had to say earlier today when he was asked about why Paven Smith is still the primary leadoff man for this team. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't want to run from, I don't want to run from the success that he's had. I know that he's very capable of getting on a great run. Um, you know, I, he was on base, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think four or five times. He's very, very equipped to, to, um, see pitches, swing at strikes. And when he does that, he, he's going to hand it off to the next guy. In this case, it'll be Cattell. Um, we just have to get him to the point where he's laying off the pitches that are that are probably secondary stuff, stuff off the edge of the plate, and stuff that's down. Um, so I'm hoping that it gets better, but I, I don't want to be blind. I don't want to have the blind spots and say, I'm going to force feed this. I'll make some adjustments if it doesn't get better. But um, I, I like where it's at still, but I have to pay attention to it. Interesting answer from, yeah. from Tori Lovello, especially the way that he – uh, that he started that answer, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, talking about how he didn't want to run away from the success that 
uh, that Paven has had, which I know uh, on Twitter, uh, people did not take kindly <laughs> to, to that comment, which is fair. It's understandable. Uh, Paven Smith, frankly, has not had a whole lot of clear yeah. success in the big leagues. He was really good at the beginning of this season. His numbers were solid for a few weeks. It looked like he might be turning the corner. Uh, but at the end of the day, Sean, it still feels like, you know, despite what Paven Smith did today and despite what he has done at times this season, uh, he just doesn't really do any one thing all that well, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, there's not there's not a lot of defensive value there. There's not a lot of base running value there. Uh, and offensively, you know, he still has a, a you know a sub 700 OPS uh, for one of the better offensive teams in baseball. It continues to be a little surprising mm-hmm. that the Diamondbacks have Pavin in the leadoff spot. Yeah, um, and it was funny because he said, yeah, "I don't want to force it," but that kind of seems like exactly what he's been doing recently is forcing him (laughs) into that leadoff spot. And Nicholas is making a point that I was going to make is, is it, there are, it's one thing if this was a team like devoid of, of, of other options to bat leadoff, but it quite clearly is not Jake McCarthy, as Nicholas points out is, is what it, Seems like he would be a perfect leadoff hitter with the way he's playing right now. He's consistently getting on base and and creating chaos once he gets on base. Um, You got obviously look at guys like Cattell and and Corbin, who you probably want a little later in that lineup, but would also be very effective leadoff hitters, in my opinion. Yeah, Um, it just seems like there's even a guy like Geraldo Perdomo seems like he would be a better option at leadoff. So that 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 is a frustrating thing. And there are I I feel like every now and again, Torrey has these kinds of things that are a little make me. Maybe question some of his decision making a little bit, but um, yeah, it is. I, I definitely. I, it was a weird answer. I don't like it because uh, <laughs> with a performance like this, it kind of seems like it's like, see, he deserves to be a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Um, even though he quite clearly does not, in my opinion. Um, but um, I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna stay up here. Uh, he can at least keep doing what he did today. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can, in some ways, I can maybe see where the D-backs would be coming from on this. Paven Smith has a has a high walk rate. Mm. Um, he does see a decent number of pitches. He draws his walks. He doesn't strike out all that much. Uh, his strikeout rate is below the league average by a few percentage points at this point. Um, so there are some positives there. Like, just those two things alone, uh, you know, not that many guys do both of those things. Not that many guys, you know, walk as much as Paven is walking and and don't strike out that much. It really is a valuable skill set. The problem is that he just hasn't really been impacting the baseball. When Paven yeah. is putting the ball in play, he's not doing nearly the damage that, that you would need to in order to be what Paven is, right? He is a corner outfielder first baseman. You know, you're not looking for a 750 OPS. You're looking for, you know, at at least 800 Mm -hmm. to make a guy like that an everyday player. We haven't really seen that. Um, One trend with this front office has been it it seems like the Diamondbacks value uh, StatCast data quite a bit, like the expected stats from StatCast quite a bit. A lot of their decision making tends to line up with what those numbers say should happen. Uh, And Paven has underperformed uh, his StatCast metrics fairly significantly this year. Uh, They don't say that he, you know, is a well above average hitter, but they say that he's about a league average hitter, uh, which is a lot better than than what he's actually been this season. Yeah, I just... Uh, again, I, I think, like I, I feel like it, 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 this is gonna get real, like philosophical, maybe, but like oh, kind of go. like relooking at how you look at a batting lineup. Like I get that, I, I understand what you think he can provide there, but when you have guys like Geraldo Perdomo who are providing like pretty consistent offense at this point from later in the lineup, yeah, well then. Put Pavin later in the lineup ahead of Geraldo Perdomo, and you get a relatively the same effect you're looking for. You get a guy on base 
and you get a guy who's consistently driving in runners, I feel like that's that's a match made in heaven. Um, yeah. But uh, again, it's working. So I, I guess we're being a little nitpicky here. Like the, they're still winning games. So it ultimately doesn't matter if Pavin's not being that productive. I mean, it obviously matters, but it only matters so much <laughs> because they're winning games with him batting leadoff. So. I'm only going to be might so upset win, about it. They might win more games yeah, with yeah, him not batting I mean, off, I agree. Right? Yeah, but but it is. I guess it's a nice problem to have where we're deciding where we're we're getting upset over where guys are in the lineup or if they sure. should be in the lineup when they're still winning games. Yeah, that's that's a great point. The Diamondbacks after the game today are 42 and 28 uh, through 70 games. Uh, I believe that's an even 600 win percentage. That's really freaking that. good. <laughs> pretty, um, pretty good. So would be like third in the AL East, but still pretty good. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, uh, else, elsewhere in Diamondbacks roster news, uh, the Diamondbacks announced today, Tori Lovello announced today that Ryan Nelson is going to make his next start. Uh, if you saw our post game show yesterday, it seemed in the moment that that was not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tori was asked after the game, are you guys fully committed to Ryan making his next start? And his exact words, I believe, were, we'll have those discussions as we always do. So he was kind of making it sound like they always talk about yeah. that, which I'm going to guess, Sean, they're not talking about whether Zach Gallon will make his next start after <laughs> yeah, tonight. No, no, hey, you never know. Be like, ah, he got to let that home run. Should yeah. we, we, might have to, we might have to bump up from the rotation. That was a center cut cutter. To, <laughs> yeah, we to can't have that. Jose Ramirez. <laughs> we can't be making those kind of mistakes. Um, but yeah, it was kind of an interesting uh, non-committal sort of answer yesterday. Uh, but uh, Tori came back today and made it abundantly clear. Uh, Ryan Nelson will make his next start. Start. Um, and we have a video clip of that conversation with Tori talking about why he thinks that Ryan deserves that opportunity. We sit down and talk about what the next strategy, the next next um, the strategy of the next five seven days will be. Um, and you know, we went back in and we talked about it. And I, I, he's going to get the baseball again. And for a lot of reasons um, that. The reasons are probably built in and the conversations that I'm having with Strami. Strami is, is, is advocating for certain changes that are slowly taking place. We had to cut off the video there. Things get a little choppy, unfortunately, after that. Uh, but yeah, Tori goes on to talk about Brent Strom and how uh, it seems like in some ways this uh, this decision was heavily influenced by mm-hmm. Strom and him feeling like Ryan Nelson has been making some adjustments and might only be a few more adjustments away from kind of turning a corner. Um, it seems like there are some, some pretty big problems here, at least for me, Sean. Uh, the fastball usage, as we talked about yesterday, continues to be extremely high. He did throw some really good change-ups in that game, but it kind of feels like he's not really comfortable using his secondary pitches as much as he needs to be. So maybe it's just a matter of, of you know, hey, kid, go out there and throw 40% change-ups or, you know, just like, kind of force him to go out yeah. there and do some stuff that maybe he's not comfortable doing. Uh, but this is the decision that it, the Diamondbacks are making, at least for right now. Yeah, and I, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, we're talking about Zach Gallon. This is, again, why you hire a guy like Stromy and you don't hire a guy like him and then not trust him when he says he believes in Ryan Nelson or, or he's making changes and he, whatever. Like, if, if, yeah. if he says that he thinks that this guy should be getting the start, He's one of the best pitching coaches in, in baseball for a reason. You have to trust him to a certain extent. Um, and all, the all other side of it, too, is, is like Cogs was saying, is who do they bring up? This yeah. is not necessarily a situation where there's like an obvious an obvious replacement. We've talked about it a lot already. Right. But like 
Fott has not been great in AAA. I mean, he's been better recently, but did not start great. And then outside of that, it's like, okay, you're, you're not bringing Dre Jamison back in the starting lineup. So you, you, it's almost like you, it better fucking work. Like you, you got you got to give this as much op- of an opportunity as you can um, before you decide that it it, it is not viable. Um, yeah, which. I mean, maybe this team is inclined to do longer than they should. Looking at you, Madison Bumgarner, but like, <laughs> um, they—they—they're they, they in a situation where they don't really have much of an option right now. They, especially when they're heading towards the trade deadline, and we, they expect to be aggressive. You need to know what you have. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with them trotting him back out there at least one more time. But I'm sure. not gonna—he's gonna go out there. I'm not gonna have a whole lot of confidence that it's gonna necessarily be the best performance. There is something to be said. That's a good point that, you know, coming into the trade deadline, if you do go out and get a starter, you need to have a pretty clear idea of who you don't want in the rotation. Um, And right now, I think Tommy Henry has been better overall than Ryan Nelson, but not necessarily by all that much. It's not like like Tommy Henry has a 350 ERA and Ryan Nelson is way over five. These guys have kind of gone back and mm-hmm. forth the whole season where for a couple weeks you think one of them's better <laughs> and then the next couple weeks you think the other one's better. Uh, you know, lately, I think Tommy's been a little bit better, but he was not good at all in his yeah. start against the Phillies either. Um, and he's the one going tomorrow for the D-backs against Shane Bieber, which is, a you know, obviously a really, really tough, tough pitching matchup, yeah. pitching matchup there. So, yeah, we'll continue to, to monitor this situation. And I, I do think that, as you said, it kind of comes down to the D-backs just not really having any other great options yeah. at this point if they did have a pitcher in AAA that they felt really good about uh, if Brandon Fought hadn't been called up yet to this point in the season and you know we mm. were still having everyone clamoring yeah. for for Brandon Fought to make his big league debut then yeah you would call up Brandon Fought but he's still you know figuring some things out in in AAA and I think the D-backs still want to give him uh, some more time to do all those things so um, yeah, having some clarity going into the trade deadline is, is going to be important. And and Ryan Nelson has had his moments. There have been moments yeah. over the last, uh, you know, over the last few months and, and going back to last season, how many Diamondbacks fans were excited about the future of Ryan Nelson when he went out there in San Diego against one of the best lineups in, in the league in his big league debut last year. I think he threw seven scoreless innings that day. Hmm. There have been some really bright moments for for Ryan Nelson along the way. It's just a matter of trying to sort of put everything together at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I hope he does, right? Like, obviously, you would, you'd love to be in a situation where you have a young guy prove that he can be a viable starter and you don't necessarily have to. It's not a spot you feel like you have to replace in the rotation, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we are quite there yet, so... We'll see. Um, definitely, definitely room for him tomorrow. But uh, like I said, I'm not, not going into it with like the utmost confidence, especially when you consider who's going to be on the other side. I guess it's Tommy Henry. It's Tommy oh, Henry yeah, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, Tommy, yeah. But um, um, then whatever. The next time we get to see Ryan Nelson, I'm yeah. not going to be the the most most confident. I think it's Tuesday in Milwaukee, so we'll yeah, we'll right, see right. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, we want to take a quick moment here to tell you about our friends over at Circle K. We are excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection and premium gas. Uh, Sean, of course, the snack selection is incredible. Uh, all oh, of the, the Circle K branded stuff is better than everything else on That's the shelves. Fact. The gummy snacks are gummier. There it's you a, go. An, an objective truth. They're just gummier, huh? They're just gummier. It's a truth. <laughs> I love them. 
don't 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 try to prove me. Every, no, go ahead. Try and try and prove me wrong. You won't. <laughs> Everybody knows that the gummier your gummy worms are. That I mean, that's the best. No, that's there's the best some gummy like, worm the gummy is, bears. Right? Haribo gummy bears are so firm. They're not sure. good. The gummy Circle K brand gummy bears are gummy bears. The, they're money. Trust. Check them out go. for yourself. There you go. Uh, so make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator to find Circle K's near you. One of the best parts about Circle K, too, is that you can get Four Peaks there. There you um, go. Shout out our friends at Four Peaks, the official craft beer there is in the Diamondbacks. Um, Red on Red L. It, hey, it says it's toasty as Gallon's fastball. It was toastier than Gallon's fastball in, in Detroit, but I would say it's about as toasty as Gallon's fastball tonight. It was back. Um, so shot them out. And, oh, and they also have their um, the Four Peaks draft room, which I have not had a chance to go to yet. Um, but it's located on the suite level. You don't you need, always need a ticket. You don't have to need a ticket on the suite level. You just need a ticket to the stadium. Anyone can go up. The views there are great. They have a, a huge selection of the four amazing Four Peaks beers. So. Make sure you check that out next time you go to D-backs game. And they also are still running their Four Peaks for Teachers promotion. Um, kids are home for the summer. So it's a great time to thank a teacher. Every year, Four Peaks donates school supplies to teachers around the valley. And this year, they're giving away 11 $1,000 cash grants to one. And one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge. Reser- teacher's lounge. Wow. Teacher's lounge renovation. Poor Sean has been at the office for like 14 hours today. I have. So we have, to, we have to cut him. We have to cut yeah. him some slack. Right about four weeks, of course. Um, they also have their Teachers Tuesdays. Um, bring a valid teacher ID and receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy, and Hot Knot at their 8th Street Pub in Tempe. Um, our friends over at Four Peaks are amazing people. So check them out at Four Peaks Brew and, or, and at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. But you must be 21 or older to drink Four Peaks and you must drink responsibly. Well, Circle K and Four Peaks are certainly a dynamic duo, Ooh, That Sean. they are. Uh, but another dynamic duo for the Arizona Diamondbacks is Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, who have absolutely formed one of the most dominant one-two punches mm-hmm. in all of baseball this season. Uh, we've kind of had this one on the back burner for a while. Yeah. It's a topic we've been wanting to discuss for a while. We're finally going to do it. So the question, Sean, is where do Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen rank among pitching duos in Major League Baseball right now? Uh, and we have a few caveats here. They yeah. have to be healthy. So no Jacob DeGrom yeah. in this conversation, unfortunately. Feel bad for the, the our Dodgers friends. are completely eliminated. The Dodgers got, like, one healthy pitcher. It's, yeah, that, that would be that would be tough for them. So it's only guys that are healthy right now, uh, even if they've pitched a substantial amount this year. We're only looking at guys who are healthy right now. Uh, Sean, I'll let you. I'll let you start off on this. You can, if you want to name some duos who might be uh, good competitors, yeah. or if you want to tell us up front where you think they rank, you can take this wherever um, wherever you like. So the first caveat I want to give here is that I am also kind of eliminating the Tampa Bay Rays because, um, interesting. In theory, they are the best, but Glass now has not been back very long. He obviously has been injured. Um, it's fair. I feel like, like uh, realistically, they are probably like a, a maybe the best, if not like a top two or three. But I'm just for the sake of this, I'm gonna leave them out. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna put them around the four. 
fourth best okay. duo. I mean, I think off rip, I'm looking at the Cubs and Rangers. Um, the Cubs, okay. Rangers, and Astros are the three that I feel pretty good about putting above them. Obviously, Fair. Stroman, I would argue, is the best pitcher in the in one of the best pitchers in National League this year. Um, him and Steele. Uh, the Rangers, they have like three guys, but obviously, Evaldi and Gray are, are the big two, and then the Astros and Javier and, and Valdez. I just. I mean, they're, they're, the the Rangers in and of themselves have three guys that are top fifteen in ERA. Um, yeah. Their their pitching staff is amazing this year. And then, um, yeah, the, the the AL just has some some really good pitching staffs. Um, so I, I would that's about where I'd put them. I think you look at a, a team like the Twins too. They have an argument, but I feel a little I feel a little more comfortable with Zach Gallen uh, and and Merrill Kelly than I do any okay. co- combo involving Sonny Gray. To be quite honest with you. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I have, yeah, we have quite a bit of, quite a bit of overlap on this. Yeah. I think Justin Steele is hurt right now. Yeah. So if you're, if you're going to do the Cubs, then I think it would have to be Marcus Stroman and Drew Smiley. Yeah. And somewhat interesting. I mean, Marcus Stroman does have like a mid two ZRA, which is, which is better than either Gallon or Kelly at this point. But Drew Smiley, he has had a really good season, but I I don't really view him as as a, he's not really a number two starter in my book. So I don't have the Cubs on my list. I do have the Minnesota twins on my list. Um, but I agree with you. It's a little, it's a little tough. Um, but I think Sonny Gray with his 2.37 ERA, he's he been, is, he's been very good. And I was not a believer. I thought early on when he was doing this, it was going to, it was going to fall off. They weren't playing very good teams early in the, in the year. Sure. But, um, I mean, they do play in the central. So. <laughs> that was good. That's a very good point, but it, <laughs> it hasn't, he's still been pitching very well. So yeah, it's hard to deny that, that, uh, twins pitching staff right now so yeah and i guess the other knock now that i look at it, i didn't even notice this before to be frank he's only averaging about five and a half innings per start so mm. he's not pitching particularly deep into games that one's right on the edge for me it's sunny gray and joe ryan yeah uh, joe ryan honestly might be a better pitcher than sunny gray <laughs> he has he has 91 strikeouts compared to 15 walks uh and is going substantially deeper into games averaging more than six innings per start uh, so that duo with the twins, I think, is interesting. I did have them on my list. I also did have Jonathan Gray and Nathan Eovaldi yeah. of the Texas Rangers, which is so weird because going into the season, <laughs> like both of those guys look like number four starters. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Um, and yet here we are talking about them being you could make a case they've been the the best yeah. duo to this point. Jonathan Gray is third in the league right now among qualified starters in ERA at 2.32. Eovaldi is sixth in the league That's at crazy. 2.59. Pretty crazy stuff that that they've been able team, to man. pull off this season. <laughs> that Rangers team, I know they're not the they're not the the Rays or the Braves, but whoo boy, that team is a that's one hell of a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have they have absolutely surprised literally everyone on the planet uh, at this point. Yeah, uh, the Astros I think are kind of an easy one. Framber Valdez has continued to be incredible. Christian Javier's had a really good mm-hmm. season too. So I think you have to put those two guys in front. Um, so it's that, that's three duos. That's three duos that I would put in front of Gallon and Kelly. The other one I had, Sean, I had one more, um, and it actually is from the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Uh, it's not Tyler Glass now. I agree with you. He just came back. He has had he has shown glimpses yeah, yeah, of being yeah. incredible, like we've seen him be in the past. But I have Shane McClanahan and Zach Eflin. Okay. Um, yeah. Who again, Zach Eflin, like number four starter, right? Uh, but sometimes guys sign with the Tampa Bay Rays, and weird things happen, <laughs> and, and here we are. 
are. Uh, I, I don't think McClanahan or I don't think Eflin necessarily lines up with either Gallon or yeah. Merrill Kelly, but, but Shane McClanahan, McClanahan pushes him so far. Yeah. Shane McClanahan has probably been the best pitcher in baseball this season. Right, He's right. 11 and 1 with a 2.12 ERA, uh, you know, pitching deep into games, averaging about six innings per start. So I think I'm at four, Sean. I think I'm at yeah. four teams above them, which I guess would put Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly as the fifth best starting pitcher duo in all of baseball, uh, which, yeah, maybe they're not first, but fifth best is still pretty darn yeah. good for your one-two punch. I think, I think I'm going to put them, if we're moving the Cubs, and I didn't think about that, uh, I think we'll probably put them fourth. I don't, I'm not huge on the, uh, on the Twins. The twins, that, yeah, okay. and obviously I don't have the Rays in the conversation right now, but... Um, I would say that they're, they're, they are pretty firmly in the conversation for top five, and that's a pretty damn good place to be um, when you're trying to win baseball games. Yeah, yeah. I think I think top five is, is pretty safe at this point. Other duos that I considered but that I didn't have in front of Gallon and Kelly, Alex Cobb and Logan Webb yeah. of, the, of the Giants have been quietly very, very good this season. They're really close to Gallon and Kelly, honestly. I think you could maybe go either way. I would probably lean uh, toward the D-backs a little bit just because I think Gallon is probably the best pitcher uh, out of out of all those guys. Uh, Bryce Elder and Charlie Morton uh, of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, maybe some skepticism there of whether Bryce Elder is, is really for real. Uh, Charlie Morton just kind of continues to, to do his thing, even though he's like 55 years old at this point. Um, I also had Jose Barrios and Kevin Gosman of Ooh. the uh, of the Blue Jays, which I think is is close. Uh, they have pretty good peripheral numbers. Both of them have ERAs over three. So if you're looking at more of the simple stats, I think the D-backs win that one. But that's another interesting duo where you could you could certainly have a conversation there. Who is healthy uh, for the Mets right now? Um, I think I think sure I think both Scherzer and Verlander okay. are healthy. If I'm not mistaken, they're just not pitching they're not particularly pitching very well. well. It's very fascinating that I would argue that on a team with Scherzer and Verlander, Kodai Senga is probably the best pitcher on the team. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, you know, that pretty much says in a nutshell why the Mets <laughs> are where they are right. Yeah, now. but uh, I think in theory, like that's a prime candidate for like a watch out second half of the season they yeah. shouldn't be this bad and then all of a sudden verlander and scherzer are somewhat back to themselves and uh that is a pretty a pretty dangerous pitching staff in general if they end up being yeah what we think they or what they have been for most of their careers yeah yeah that's that's a great point there's a lot of teams you could probably say stuff like that for i mean if if they if we if the white Sox pitchers are pitching at their peak dylan Cease and giolito are a pretty deadly duo too so that's fair uh, yeah, Scherzer, I, I do think both of those guys are healthy right now. Uh, Scherzer in 11 starts has a 4.45 ERA, and Verlander in 8 starts has a 4.40 ERA. So they basically have been like league average, maybe a little bit below All league average money. this season. And where did it leave? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Verlander is 40 years old, Sean, and Max Scherzer is 38 years old. Well, yeah, which and, is... Uh, Again, all that money, where did it leave you? You're paying all that money to pretty old dudes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't especially expect, expect this drastic of a regression, but a regression was not, was bound to happen. Um, yeah. It's not just their pitching staff, too. Like Starling yeah. Marte, former Diamondback, uh, has not been good. It seems like he might just be sort of doing the end-of-career thing where mm. his sprint speed is not nearly what it once was. He's just not really impacting the baseball like he did before. Uh, Francisco Lindor is another veteran player on that team who just hasn't really played particularly well. 
Um, and apparently we've turned into just like a New York Mets, uh, like problem podcast. We're just going <laughs> to talk about the Mets and their problems now. Um, speaking of potential problems, let's take a look at the probables for the rest of this series. Uh, it's not terrible. Tomorrow's I don't want to make it sound like it's so bad, but, uh, yeah, Shane Bieber against Tommy Henry, uh, certainly a little bit lopsided tomorrow. Shane Bieber, as we talked about in a recent show, I think you said it was seven scoreless with nine Ks yeah, against the Astros. I'll double check, but that was, yeah, against a pretty damn good team um, in the Astros. But, yeah, it was incredible. Tinfoil hat, Shane Bieber coming in here is going to just stink it up. I think we talked about this the other day. It's going to stink it up, lower his trade value for the Diva Met. Mets. Mets will get him because he, he wants to help his own team. There you go. Um, but, yeah, on paper, that's definitely a dangerous, a dangerous matchup. Um, but that being said, we've seen Tommy Henry come out and, and pitch some pretty – some pretty spectacular baseball. So um, if we get a, 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 a peak Tommy Henry performance, then anything is possible. Uh, yeah. But that's a, that's definitely a question mark. Like you mentioned earlier, it, it seems like any given week, Tommy Henry or, or, or uh, Ryan Nelson are passing each other's powers back and forth. Right. So who knows who's, who's on tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Big start for Tommy Henry as, as it has been for Nelson recently. I think all of their starts are, are pretty important. Yeah, um, uh, Shane Bieber, seven innings pitch, three hits, no earned runs, wow. one walk, nine strikeouts against yeah. the Houston Astros. His his velo is is down a little bit, but I mean Shane Bieber was an unbelievable pitcher. I not mean, that hey, long ago. as a number three, though, you can it can work. It could certainly work. <laughs> uh, in that series finale, it's Zach Davies against Tanner Bybee. Um, maybe not a huge advantage either way. Yeah. Um, in that one, I think Davies is. Probably a little bit better than than what he's shown so far coming back off the injured list. Um, but yeah, as we said at the at the start of the show, this was the game in the series that the D-backs were really supposed to win. Like just yeah. clearly supposed to win on paper without Tristan McKenzie in there. Tuki Tucson against Zach Gallen. Perfect opportunity to snap a three-game losing streak. That's exactly what the Diamondbacks did. Uh, do we have an update on what's going on in, in L.A.? Between um, the Dodgers last and time the I looked, the, 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 the Dodgers had taken back the lead on a bloop single by Freddie Freeman. Uh, it's five. It's like oh, we're no. in the, it looks like oh, we're no. in extra innings yeah, here. Yeah, five, five extra. So maybe they, they tied the game. That's uh, Yeah. Mike so Kostrowski, uh, 0 for 5 on a day. Tough. We actually, uh, there is one D-backs hitter who's really struggling that we didn't talk about well, before. Oh, I was hoping uh, we didn't have to. Yeah, well, Lord, <laughs> Lourdes, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., friend of the show, uh, is 0 for his last 22 with nine strikeouts. Um, and his at-bats, frankly, Sean, have been pretty yeah. uncompetitive. Yeah, very. Um, <laughs> it's it's not ideal. Um, and it was something I was going to mention earlier when you are talking about how this probably should have been a little bit more of a blowout. If you had almost anybody else in that Lotus Guriel spot, it probably is. Like, yeah. if we're looking at one specific spot in this game, like, he had opportunities and he, he went over. Yeah. Um, and that can't happen from a guy. Where was he batting today? Fifth? Um, yeah. Sixth? Like, whatever it was. He, that, that can't happen from a guy batting in the middle of the lineup. For sure, especially when the guys in front of him are doing their job and getting on base. Yeah, I think um, it was. Think it was fifth in lineup. Yeah, so um, I, I, I'm not like Lourdes is a, is a is a seasoned vet at this point, so I'm not like I don't think this is. I don't, I don't think obviously the performance that he had early on in the season was pretty spectacular. I don't think it's necessarily uh, fair to expect that, but <laughs> like 
You're also can have a twelve hundred OPS yeah. every month. It's also <laughs> this is not Lord Escurial either. So I think eventually yeah. it's gonna it's gonna balance itself out and we'll get a, a pretty damn good hitter again. Um, but it as of right now, it is certainly I'm not gonna say it's costing them. Well, I mean in the Philly series maybe, but it, it, yeah. it's it's at the very least costing them runs, if not costing them games. Yeah, his his at bats have just looked awful. It's mm-hmm. it's not the kind of the kind of stretch where you're like, oh, it's just some tough luck, some hard hit balls that aren't that yeah, aren't finding he's holes. He's just frankly all out of whack. Yeah. Uh, but there is some history there. Uh, he definitely came over with the reputation of being kind of a streaky hitter, yeah, and sure. that's exactly what he's been. He was not. He was sort of mediocre-ish in April. Not all that great. He was basically the best hitter on the planet in May, uh, and so far in June, he has just really struggled. Um, okay, so July, he'll be really good. August go. will be bad. September, he'll be really good. Darn, that means that in October, that means he might he might not be... That doesn't line up all that great, Sean. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but it means he'll be good going towards the playoffs. There you maybe, go. Maybe playoff Lourdes is just a different animal. There you go. Never know. The purple... The pur- As long as Derek keeps his purple hair on. Well, that's, well, that's my him. thing. I think it might be try- time for a switch up. I think we okay. might need a new co- hair color. Or maybe go teal, baby, whatever. Whatever you do, want to do. But I think it might be time to switch it up. In the clubhouse today, uh, D-backs players, uh, they were being passed around like Lourdes wigs, basically, mm. purple hair wigs. Oh, yeah. Um, and everyone was wearing them in the clubhouse today. It was it was, uh, it was very funny to watch. Uh, but, yeah, that uh, that Dodgers-Giants game uh, obviously has some implications in the division. Uh, the Giants entered today 36-32 and 32 compared to the Dodgers at 39-30. and 30. Those two teams are only two and a half games apart at this point. Uh, this isn't just a conversation about the Dodgers in, in the NL West competing with the Diamondbacks. The Giants are also very much in that race. And the Padres are also in that race. They've yeah. been playing better as of late. Uh, so that series in L.A. this weekend with the Giants and the Dodgers is is certainly going to be a big one. Um, speaking of series over the weekend, uh, you should get out to a game this weekend uh, with the D-backs and the Guardians. Oh, uh, as, as I said earlier, almost 28,000 at the ballpark tonight. They got the pierogi dog. There you go. Uh, there were there were Corbin Carroll MVP chants. Mm. I think there were some some cool some cool moments uh, in the game tonight. And uh, you all should absolutely get out there using our friends over at the Game Time app. Uh, game Time, of course, is the most aesthetically pleasing app out there uh, to buy your tickets. Uh, absolutely, absolutely the case. Um, and it's specifically the place for last minute deals. If you're one of those people uh, like me, especially growing up, I was extremely spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I would never plan to go to a Diamondbacks <laughs> game. I would just beg my parents like two hours before the game <laughs> if we could go because I found like some great yeah, tickets. That's on- how I always got my tickets. I'd, I'd wait till last second. PD uh, yesterday night, I think last night, maybe oh, two yeah. ago, he, he went, went to, to uh, uh, 182 yep. concert. I was doubting my numbers. Every second. Um, and he bought the tickets <laughs> two hours before the concert on game time. So There you go. That seems to be the sweet spot, about mm-hmm. two hours. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to push it to like two minutes before yeah. the game starts, but wait until a couple hours beforehand. The prices will drop, and you will find yourself a sweet deal. Uh, so snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. With all that money that Game Time is helping you save, you can make the game a little bit more interesting. Flip it, there invest it in the BetMGM Sportsbook app. And BetMGM is making it easier than ever to bet on baseball um, with their new bet. BetMGM Swing for the Fences game. Uh, it's really easy. All you got to do is you log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app. You play the BetMGM free to 
free to play game from May 27th um, until September 7th. So now until the end of the season, basically. Um, all you got to do is pick an area of the strike zone, and you'll you either single, double, triple, home run, pop out, depending on what you hit. You'll get some kind of free bet or uh, some kind of prize. Either a, you get a, a prize for a, for a pop out. You well, get no, a prize? the pop out you won't get a prize. Uh, okay. I have never popped out. That's just an objective fact. I doubled today. There you I got go. a, um, a a bet insurance token, I believe. So yeah, they'll give you some profit boost, bet insurance tokens, free bets, whatever, depending on what you did hit. Um, so like I said, bet MGM is making it easier than ever. To bet on baseball. Um, so if you haven't signed up yet for BetMGM, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, that is, of course, my computer went to sleep. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details, and now listen to Shay now. Talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Michigan. Well, we do have an update from that Dodgers-Giants game, which I'm sure for people listening on audio, that game is long over and this conversation is very irrelevant. But uh, as of this moment, the uh, as Cog said, uh, Brandon Crawford did just hit an RBI single, so the Giants have a 6-5 lead uh, in that game. Uh, but thank you all for being with us here late on a Friday night. We really appreciate you being here with us. Big win for the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah. Zach Gallon returning to form. Uh, a lot of good things happening in this game. We'll see if the D-backs are able to continue this run over the weekend. Uh, we won't be back until Monday. No shows on uh, Saturday or Sunday. We'll be back with you for Mailbag Monday on Monday. So we hope to see you then. Uh, in the meantime, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Jesse and Friedman. Uh, Mr. Electric, Sean DePaz. You can find him at Sean underscore to pause yes, okay sir. i remember the underscore yes, sir. uh does the underscore stand for something in in particular isn't that a thing like you decide like what it stands oh, for i've something? never well I'm, i might need the chat to help me with that the discord to help me with that i haven't come up with anything that stands for well well, well it's we'll for, for some reason i thought that was a thing on other no. shows but well i know on, on rising they have two underscores in their name because it's double the underscore double the fun oh that's um, what it is that must be that must be what i'm thinking yeah we'll, we'll figure yeah, out what oh, yeah, the, we'll what, the, the deep, what the deep philosophical meaning of <laughs> yeah. the underscore and sean's twitter handle is uh damon you can find him at damon dog and you do have to bark uh, as you're as you're following him yes dog with a w uh be sure to give our show account a follow as well that's at phnx underscore dbacks on twitter uh and of course all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports that's on twitter instagram and facebook thank you all so much for being here with us this evening we really appreciate it um and remember kids baseball is fun but it's so much more fun when zach gallon and merrill kelly are at the top of your starting rotation